0: Hi, guys,
1: and welcome to another episode of Get This Kick podcast with your host, Janelle Clark. I hope you had a happy and healthy uh, holidays and happy new year. Hopefully, you did not get COVID or were exposed to COVID. I know a lot of us were, and a lot of our plans got canceled. Um, But yeah, great kick Off to 2022. Um, it's despite all the craziness going on, I'm back in school and life is just back to being busy. Um, I'm almost done my BMQ course. Thank fuck. Um, but yes, we have a returning guest. You guys loved her so much on uh, the episode of our friendship breakup. Welcome back, Elle. How are you doing, girl? Oh, you know me. I'm
0: always happy to be around you. And thank you so much for listening to our story last time you had me on here and all the listeners out there. I'm really excited to have another really great conversation.
1: Yeah, that's right. I've had a couple people actually message me and reach out from that one. It was just so relatable. And um, you guys know how it is with like Elle and I. We get into some really deep talks. And it constantly happens. It's just like the basis of our whole entire friendship is deep conversations, 24 fucking seven. We really should, realistically should have had like at least a whole season just dedicated to us at this point. I think we should do that for season five. You
0: know what? I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's get some, you know. Engagement. Tell us what you think. If you would like to hear that, and if you're not sick of me, please let us know. I'd be around. Let's go.
1: I'm gonna put a poll at the end of this episode if Elle should be my co-host. I right, am here for it. Let's <laughs> no. go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cheers, baby. <laughs> um. So holidays are over. Life is back to normal. Um. But like, like time goes by really quickly. We're actually like only like a month away from Valentine's. Ew. It's fucking disgusting.
0: Feelings. (laughs) Ugh. And it's a day dedicated to only talking about how much you love one person. All of a sudden, it's very hallmark. And when I'm, I don't know, this is just my theory, but you should be able to tell somebody that you love them every single day out of the year, not just
1: one. No, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. I even feel like all holidays have become very hallmark, like even Christmas now, like there's just so much pressure to like buy gifts and shit. Like I'm, I'm so over it, but... Yeah, it's like the last couple of Valentines I've had, I've spent with girls because my friends are the loves of my lives. to be honest.
0: I mean, what do they say in Sex in the City? Sometimes a man can't be your soulmate. Your real ones are your actual friends. And we choose to have those relationships and we build them and we're constantly working on them, which is what we're supposed to be doing in a romantic relationship. But I mean, hookup culture, it's fucked us all up.
1: No, that's so true. Um... So, do you have any current situations? Oh, honey, do
0: I got a situation for you. So, I recently met this incredible creature who, you know, I guess in a weird way kind of swept me off my feet. I mean, too good to be true. Ladies, gents, I know you know the kind of vibe that I'm talking about. Um, we've been seeing each other, I want to say now, for almost a month. Um, and yet last week, I got a nice little bomb drop. This motherfucker just told me he's not single. He's married.
1: Yeah, um... Uh, my jaw's on the floor, like my jaw's on the table. Like, you told me about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still in pure disgust and shock. Uh, I feel like my podcast is slowly turning into the shade room.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, no tea, no shade. I mean, just oh,
1: things. no, all tea, all the
0: fucking shade. I, I mean, like, you know what? I am not innocent. My past <laughs> has been colored with all kinds of decisions that where I am right now, I wouldn't necessarily support. However, at the time in my life, that felt like it was the only option for me. And, you know, I'm not going to judge somebody else based off of only half of the story.
1: Yeah, no, of course. And no, that's right. I mean, like, sometimes when like bombs are dropped on us like that that we're not expecting um early on in any sort of relationship it's hard um there is obviously his side her side and then there's the truth Mm -hmm. um but he had us all fucking fooled y'all so um yeah
0: yeah jaws were on the floor everybody is completely and utterly like whiplash attack necks are broken people are lost um and that's mostly because i am not a very emotional person and i don't bring around people ever Mm -hmm. especially to meet my friends my family and Mm -hmm. those that i genuinely care about and um i did with this one Mm -hmm. because i saw something in them that fed whatever hole is inside of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They got to form relationships with my friends Mm -hmm. and people that I can honestly say that I love. Mm -hmm. They had conversations and it's just It feels like a slap in the fucking face.
1: No, yeah. No, totally. Um, And and that's so true. Like for the listeners who have gotten to know who I am, know how much my friendship means to you and our friendship um, and know that you and I know everything about each other. And it is not like that often that you would be so entirely ecstatic to introduce us um, our friend group to this individual, um, ladies and gentlemen, over Christmas holidays, he was in my house. Yep. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Not with his wife. Nope. And not with his child. Nope. Instead,
0: he was hanging out with a bunch of really hot girls and having a really great time and all over me. Yes.
1: And when he met our 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 friend Fred, showed out to Fred, um same thing like he was like all over you like taking my fucking best friend out on all of the dates hold up Let me open this wine bottle for you. You got it? I got it. Okay, okay, okay. I can do it on my own. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. When I did uh, last week's episode with Selma, she was struggling to open up the wine bottle, and it's become a tradition now that I have to be um, the man at the host to open up wine bottles, but it's fine. Ain't nobody here need a man. (laughs) Nope! (laughs) Hard pass. Thank you. So, yeah, I was like – it takes a lot to fool me because – Alicia and I have very, very, like, very different types. And I'm very vocal and very honest with her about, like, what I like and what I don't like with the people that she sees and she's also very honest with me about like her despise for some of the people I've dated, but also her love for certain qualities for people that have been in my life and we that's what our friendship is. It's pure honesty. And I said to her, I was like, oh my God, like, no, like this guy's obsessed with you. He's like really into you. Like She messaged me one day sent me a text and this was I think the night before you found out that he was cheating on his wife and had this whole secret life um you sent me a text saying I think it was to him saying the red red flags you said to him if I'm not mistaken I miss you and you were upset that he wouldn't say it to you It was along those lines. And I said to you, I was like, oh, no. It's. He said, oh, I want to tell you in person. But he didn't say it over text. Yes. And then I, like, I came to his defense. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I feel so shitty. And I'm still really sorry to this day that I defended him. I was like, oh, no, girl. Like, don't worry about it. It's way too early. It's way too fresh. Like, he's not going to say it just yet. Like wait for him to tell you in person and like i just said that because yeah it was pretty like even though he seemed so smitten over you right away very very quickly it was still really early but also it's like reflected on like my current situation which i'm really like happy with um but i felt like yeah if like i was just only could compare what what i was going through and it's like oh yeah maybe it is too early like whatever but um, then the next day it was a full on bomb. Storm.
0: No, it was a full on shit storm. I remember that text message. And it wasn't like, it wasn't the fact that he couldn't say, I miss you via text. It was the language that he was using. All of a sudden it was a little bit colder and a little bit more distant. And, oh, we need to have this conversation in person. And it's like, bro, it's not that deep. Like, if you like me and you want to see me as much as you've been saying, then how hard is it to send a three-second text saying, yeah, no, I miss you too?
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's true. So, how did he tell you?
0: Oh, man. I feel like this is going to be engraved in my brain until I die. Um, I sat him down. He came over to my house and... I don't know if you guys have read this through me yet or not, but I'm a pretty blunt and direct person. I don't feel the need in skirting around the bush because at the end of the day, I'm too old, I'm too tired, and I'm too over it. I just want to get to the nitty-gritty and figure out what the hell is going on. Um, He came over, he brought some wine, you know, tried to give me a kiss, say, like, hey, baby, how's your day? Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Has been calling me baby since literally day Mm -hmm. 2 Um, but like, Hey baby, how's your day? What's going on? And I just kind of sat him down on my couch and I was like, you're going to tell me everything that you have not been telling me because you knew. You I had knew gut intuition. Yeah. No, like there was, you, you know, like ladies and gentlemen, you know, those moments when you're reading through your text or you're having a conversation with somebody and you just feel something in your gut is missing. And at the end of the day, my heart has fucked me up 101 times my gut has always had my back so i'm gonna listen to her over anything else and i knew without a shadow of a doubt that this motherfucker was hiding something from me um and he dadass looked at me and he was just like so we're gonna do this now and i was like yep right now not even 10 minutes into my house and he was like so I'm married, and I've been with her for 12 years. Not one, not two, 12. And the conversation, like, I just, I felt, like, you know that ice bucket challenge when everybody was dumb and dumping cold water all over you? Like, that's what it felt like to me. I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm actually right, and I don't want to be right, and this just, it hurt, man. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like I was an option, not the option. He introduced me to his friends. He met my friends. We've had conversations. He was invested in like spending a weekend with me and talking about future plans. And then all of a sudden, he's sharing a house with somebody, sharing a king-size bed with someone, bills, decisions, and all of this other shit. And I'm just over here like why are you even talking to me, bro? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the point? Mm-hmm. And why the fuck couldn't you have come to me as a human and said this to me on date one?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, like, that's, like, literally the basis of, like, every single, like, relationship. The foundation has to be communication. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I feel like, the outcome of this whole situation could have been so different. If he just said from the start, like, hey, like, I'm in a situation. I am married. Like, day fucking one. And been like, hey, I don't really know what direction my marriage is going to go in. I don't know if I'm ready to leave her yet. I'm going to leave that information with you if you still like, would like to go on a date. You would have been grown enough. To make that conscious decision, and be like, hey, maybe I'm just gonna fuck him and then and then dip, like bye, like see you, no emotions. But he didn't give you that opportunity. And like, yes, maybe you guys weren't dating for that long, but it was still like there was still that impression of with and I've seen the messages and you tell me everything, I saw very much like I'm looking to get to know this girl. I want to spend time with her, I wanna go on dates with her. He introduced you to his friends, like. You know, like, that's a guy that seems interested, at least, mm-hmm. to get to know you more on a just platonic level. So,
0: yeah, no, there was absolutely nothing about any of our interactions, even from the moment that I met him, that was platonic. Yeah. Like, okay, just to preface. I did not meet him on an app or blind date or any of that nonsense. I genuinely met him out in the wild of Toronto. Um, his buddy was like all about my girl cause we know she'd be looking amazing. And who like, can nah. blame?
1: I was like, bye.
0: <laughs> Sex though. But
1: like, he
0: was cute though. And I'm a single girl and I'm, I'm very confident and I'm happy to be the more forward one. When I saw his friend like all up and down eyeing my girl, I waved him over. I called this motherfucker to come and talk yeah. to my girl. And then he made the conscious decision as an individual in a relationship with a child with a wife to come over and start talking to me. Now
1: Yeah, you didn't you didn't pull his teeth, you didn't pull his arm and was like, Hi, I'm here, full on consciously did not have enough self-control to be like, oh, did I make a vow to someone? Did I make a promise at the altar? Fuck that. What are those? What are
0: those? (laughs) But no, and then beyond that, even after when he and I would have conversations about that night, he would tell me, I couldn't let you girls just go to the next venue. I had to drive you because I thought that if I didn't take you there, I would never see
1: you again. Those were Exact words and there's just like there's just no there's no excuse for that because there's like there's nothing there's no fucking excuse for that because you don't know like he doesn't know you this was a five minute interaction so quite clearly and I mean hey I mean then again I would fall in love with her if I was a guy right away but that being said like Quite clearly, this man was not happy in his relationship for a very long time or hasn't been. Um, we, I, I mean, I listen to one of my favorite podcasts. I, I've been getting her to listen to it as well. Uh, it's called Enjoy. Shout out to JD, Jared, and Lose. Um, man, you guys, you changed the sphere. I appreciate you. Yo. What the? Like, literally, like, I don't like to listen to a whole lot of male perspectives. Um, Like, fuck Joe Rogan, for example, disgusting. (laughs) Um, But this group of guys have a really healthy, um, I guess you could say, quote unquote, locker room discussion locker room but they also have a really healthy understanding
0: of their own lives their own decisions and where they want to take them and become more of an enlightened human i wouldn't even say yeah yeah it's not even just the male perspective they're just open to having honest conversations yeah
1: yeah no 100 percent. and they did an episode uh, of why men cheat and uh one of the things they say in, in their podcast is when it comes to men cheating compared to women cheating is men are very like, um, ejaculation driven, um, very opportunity driven. Right. So it doesn't mean necessarily that they don't, and this sounds really fucked up, but bear with me here. Um, they don't necessarily don't appreciate the girl that they have at home. Um, but it's this constant like, well, what if, what if, like, what if this girl can do for me something that she can't? And it's so in the moment. And then as soon as he ejaculates, it's done. It's like that feeling goes away, almost appreciates his girl more. And I know that sounds really fucked up, but they also say like old can't compete with new. But new can't compete with old. And that's like for men. But with women, um, it's a little bit more than just opportunity. It, it comes from the heart. It comes from not being loved and, and fed the, the, the love that you've been craving or needed from your partner for such an extended period of time that it's like it comes from a place of hurt. And this is just a generalization. I feel like like don't take this as this is all women or all men. It's just more of a general statement. Um, But in the the situation where you were the other woman, have you been cheated on or have cheated?
0: Let's unpack this. Um, I have been in all situationships of the cheating sphere. I have been the recipient of being cheated on. I have been the cheater. I have craved emotional connections with somebody outside of my relationship. I've created like I've craved physical um, relationships outside of my relationship. It really is dependent on where I have been in my own personal development, in my own relationship with myself and coming to grips with those voids and like those holes that have been left in me from my upbringing and me asserting and understanding what it is that I actually need as a human and understanding what a healthy relationship may or may not look like for myself because i'm i'm not against monogamy or polyamory or open relationships or anything I am open to anything as long as you come at me with an honest conversation and boundaries that are healthy and that you can understand I'm here for and that's just me as a person I know that there are going to be people out there who don't quite understand or I know people who you know, fully only believe in polyamory and the fact that, you know, we are humans and monogamy is this weird construct that has been devoted down from the Catholic, like whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna go into history here. But for me, as long as you come at me honestly, Mm -hmm. truthfully, and sincerely, Mm -hmm. I will listen. But when it comes to cheating, for me, the only times that I have actually done the deed and gone outside of my relationship was when I felt invisible to my partner.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I wasn't wanted. I have literally been denied. Okay, here's a story for you. I'm ready. The first time I ever cheated on somebody, it was because my boyfriend at the time we were living together actually he wasn't even my boyfriend he was my fiance at this point hoo! -hoo, great life choices um but he had come home he was playing video games I put on a little something sexy a little you know judge myself up felt pretty good about myself saunter into the living room get down on my knees and I'm just like baby can I just blow you for a little bit and he turned me down for GTA. Like, oh I genuinely questioned his sexuality. Yikes. Sounds pretty fucking gay. <laughs> Come to find out. Cause at that point, like I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like what the fuck? Who what straight guy that you've been sleeping with is gonna say no to a free blowjob while he's playing video games? Mike, while in
1: lingerie.
0: Like, while in lingerie. Are you dumb? Like, bro, really dumb? But I digress. Um, so I did the unhealthy, toxic thing by going through his phone when he was asleep. And I opened his Snapchat and I found a bunch of titties, a bunch of girls messaging him. And it clicked. I was like, oh, so you don't want it from me, but you want it from these other bitches. Which is, you know, whatever. If you had had the conversation with me and said that something was lacking in our relationship, then he and I could have worked towards something and built something. And I could have been aware of my shortcomings and I could have done something, potentially, if it was the right relationship, to fix it because nobody's perfect we're all gonna have those moments of you know all that motherfucker over there looking hella cute oh, what would i do to them whatever we're, we're not all perfect beings however yeah, like
1: like like you'd be lying to yourself if you said you like i feel like some people are gonna like don't don't at me or like actually no at me for this at me for this i want to discuss it but i feel like you'd be lying to yourself if you truly said that you don't look. I think looking is still healthy. It's still part of the human experience of ego and and, um, um, feeling confident or feeling like, damn, I look good tonight. This person, like, this person's checking me out. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but it's when you act upon it.
0: Yeah. And becomes a problem. The action is what actually dictates what the future is going to hold. Because looking is looking. At the end of the day, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um but him actually having conversations with these girls and engaging with it and increasing or wanting to have more visibility from these people is what triggered me to seek something outside of my relationship. After experiencing all of that insanity and feeling like I wasn't worthy of the partner that I had chosen, I did. I sought instant gratification out of just about anybody that I could. Um, Happenstance, I managed to find who to this day remains one of my absolute closest friends. Um, But when I had initially met him, it really was just about sex. It was about... How he made me feel feminine, wanted, desired. And that was what I was lacking in my situation at that moment in time. Um, I never chose to wake up one day and be like, I'm going to cheat on the person that I thought that I was going to marry. I didn't wake up one day and say, this is my path. I just happened to fall into this weird space where I felt like I was giving so much into one relationship and I wasn't getting enough back that I felt the need to compensate by seeking outside of that situationship. And I wasn't confident in asserting what I needed as a person at that moment in time. And I went shady. I didn't talk about it, I hid it. I will never forget the day that my fiance at the time truly did come into understanding that I was cheating on him and him literally looking at me and being like, I can smell the dick on your breath. Who are you? What are you doing? and one of the only arguments that I had back at that moment in time was, well, you're not doing it. Where are you? Mm, so does
1: you're that already dead with that?
0: Yeah. Um, that
1: relationship was dead.
0: The relationship was dead. And where do you go from there? Do you want to fix it? Is it possible to fix it? Now, since those two individuals, because I I admit, I cheated on one with, I cheated on guy A with guy B. Then I cheated on guy B with guy A because I wasn't done. I didn't understand what it is that I was seeking and what it is that I needed. And I, I, again, I repeat this. I was trying to fill a void. It wasn't, the relationship was lacking it wasn't anything else there was something inside of myself that i could not fill Mm -hmm. and i was looking to find my purpose or my own importance in my body and what i could give Mm -hmm. it didn't come down to who i was Mm -hmm. as a person Mm -hmm. um now since then Genuinely, and I mean this from the absolute bottom of my heart, and yes, I have had a couple of very serious partners since that would argue with me. However, there has never been a day that has passed since those two where I have actually physically cheated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I haven't wanted to only because of how I felt
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like um, that just goes back to the conversation of, like, why women cheat versus men. I feel like it does come from, like, a place of emptiness. I feel like it comes for... When it comes to women cheating, it usually comes because, like, they're just not... They're not being fulfilled by their partner. They're not being fulfilled in their relationship. And they're exhausted. And, like, the amount of fucks to give are, like, gone. It's sad. It's sad to say. And, yeah, I don't feel like... But even like with guys, like I'll give some guys the benefit of the doubt. Like there's some assholes out there, but I'll give some guys the benefit of the doubt. I don't think anyone actually goes into a relationship with the plan to cheat. I don't think anyone actually really does that. I mean, like I have been cheated on, and I've also have cheated, which were both really painful, tough fucking situations when i think about uh first of all i i like when i think about my my very first relationship i was really young but it also lasted very very long time and it was also very serious so it was a, probably about three and a half years and like i've we've like met each other's extended families not just like direct families but extended like grandparents and whatnot um, and I would say after the three year mark is when I realized the relationship was just like stagnant. Yeah, it was dead, it wasn't progressing. It and I was blossoming into a woman, like, I was growing up. I felt the relationship wasn't growing with me and what my needs were. I mean, like I lost my virginity to this guy, right, too. So like my experiences with my own sexuality and my body were just limited to him, right? And um, I thought that the next step in our relationship should have been to move in together, which was actually the worst thing possible to do to a dead relationship because it made things so much more worse because all the problems we had before we moved in together continued. That is a big part of my Hold on, let me finish this cap before I pour
0: more. <laughs> this girl's over here, just pour it, pour it. Let it free flow, mama, let it free flow. No, but like, that brings up the question of how and why do people force themselves into situations where they feel as though they're going to save an already dead relationship, like having a kid or getting married?
1: Um, In my experience, um, I just didn't want to hurt the other person. And I think there was part of me that knew the relationship was dead, but the other half of me just really didn't want to accept it. I think when a relationship ends, even if the two people didn't verbally say it's over um you start the grief process and in the grief process the first step is denial um so I think I was still in the denial stage so I remember when we did end up moving in together um there was no romance (laughs) there was no um we were barely like I thought it was gonna fix right? You think moving in with your partner is going to fix everything? No, like we barely touch each other. He would make excuses to not come home after work. Like tell me that he had to work late and I knew it was bullshit, but I almost didn't want him to come home anyways. It was sad. It was tough. It was, it was over. It was over. And it was, I felt like whenever we were together, it was fighting over finances and, and, and bullshit. We were so young, right? So it got to the point where I realized, okay, well, I can't live with him anymore. Fuck. And I like talked to my landlord and I had to like make up some excuse to get out of our lease and get her to understand that I needed to break the lease. Um, But I still loved him. And I still was so afraid of hurting him that I gave him, like I was such a coward, but I gave him like, two weeks notice that I was moving out and when I did move out I was still so scared of hurting him even though I didn't give even though I didn't give that much of a fuck anymore I was still scared of hurting him because he was all that I knew because it was the only comfort I knew yeah so so
0: he was comfortable but I remember that time and I remember you during that time frame and It was traumatic, but it was also one of those key moments that I can remember of your development Mm -hmm. because you genuinely flourished. You lost your security blanket. You lost your comfort level Mm -hmm. because, yeah, you were young and you did invest a lot into a relationship and you didn't have any sort of basis of What a future could hold. Um, I think Guy B, I jumped into a relationship with him, even though I told him, and he will attest to this to this day that I had said multiple times, I'm not ready to be in a relationship. I cannot give you the emotional support that you need. But he was very much so, I'm in love with you. I need you. You've already done all of this X, Y, and Z. Let's be together. I can't live without you. Um, And that was traumatic in its own right.
1: Well, it was something that Guy A wasn't... It was something that Guy A wasn't given to you for a long fucking time.
0: Forever. Um, But what it ended up doing was destroying his mental health and his physical health. Because by the time our relationship ended, because with guy A, yes, he got obsessive, showed up at my house, I had to get a peace order, attempted to kill me, like it was it was a great time. Um, and then with guy B, we didn't even last a year in an actual relationship because I was so enamored with the drama and feeling something because with the demise of my first relationship, I didn't think that I was worthy of love or affection. Guy B literally caught me cheating on him in our bed and still offered to take me back because of his past trauma and his issues, it was all layered through so many nuances that we were drowning. We we couldn't find an airspace to just breathe for five minutes. And it wasn't until he and I separated and found our equilibrium as being just simply friends and supporting each other and knowing that we might love each other, but we are not in love with each other
1: mm-hmm.
0: and supporting each other from that level that he and I actually found what healthy could be.
1: Mm-hmm. I, um, I can definitely relate to that like wholeheartedly. Um, definitely like it a w- different situation, but same in certain aspects um (laughs) excuse me but um like going just just going back to when I finally had the balls to leave I still didn't leave so when I left physically and got an apartment of my own I still did not tell him 100% all right this relationship is over I told him Let's try to make things work. Even though I wanted it to be over, I just thought well, maybe it will, it will, you know, go off on its own. Maybe it will, the relationship will end on its own. I had no experience. I had no idea also what like healthy was supposed to look like either. Um, and like I remember. We were going months with a with just we went from living together to only seeing each other once a week because that's how much of a fuck I gave at that point. Um, and I remember one day like, and fuck this backfired. But I remember this day, uh, this like in my eyes, this like super hot like cop came into Starbucks. Yo, yo, I remember this yo. This was. Ancient, ancient ancient history, history. you get on my head yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> oh, i remember this one day this really attractive i i don't know i have a thing for authority it's weird but like <laughs> yeah no i remember this story
0: fuck i forgot about this yeah yeah. This is, oh my God.
1: Yeah, you met me around this time. But yeah. yeah. This
0: is just when you and I were getting past uh, the acquaintance stage. Yes. And we were getting to know each other on a human level. Yeah, you right. would have been like 19.
1: Yeah. You were a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck,
0: man. Yeah. The things we do when we're young and dumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He came into my Starbucks quite a bit and he slipped me his number. And I was like, fuck it text him it was the first time someone looked at me in in the way I wanted to be looked at for the first time in three and a half years it was a long time my relationship was dead for so long and it was my first relationship it was my you know my first love it was it was, you know, the guy that took my fucking virginity. You know what I mean? Like, it was my first everything. And so when that was done on the emotional level, I was definitely tempted because I was like this, you know, I don't live with him anymore. I I ended our lease. We barely see each other anymore. And now this, like guy that's just trying to sweep me off my feet is looking at me the way my partner used to look at me three and a half years ago. And so I went along with it. And I did end up sleeping with him. And I think, I think, well, my ex, I think he came over Um, a couple days after I slept with this guy and I was in,
0: I remember this. It was the next day. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Karma. Big karma. Big regret. Um, I think I was in the shower and while I was in the shower, he went through my phone and he's like, who the fuck is Nick? And I looked at, and I remember mommy, I looked at him and I, there was nothing. I I, I, I sat there in silence. I didn't say anything because I knew I was in the wrong. I knew it was over. I knew it was fucking done. I knew there was nothing I could have said. And I knew that I also, as much as I was not in love with him anymore, I still loved him as much as a person that I couldn't look at him in his eyes and lie. And I think it was a solid like five seconds of just silence and seeing how he broke down, like broke down, hyperventilating, crying on my, like he collapsed, he collapsed. And I knew that I never wanted to cause that pain. and, And I knew I never, That was a huge learning experience. I knew I never wanted to cause that pain to anyone ever, ever fucking again. And the biggest fucking karma out of all of this is that I found out literally years later that that cop was like a Trump supporter and he had a black girl fetish. He had a black girl fetish and he was on very much of like an all lives matter cop because i remember like sorry this is tmi but like i remember like whenever we did hook up it was very aggressive and he would never face me it was always like there it was very aggressive and he always left marks on me and i was like oh is this kinky or what the fuck but like i didn't know i was naive i was young and i was fucking stupid right and and i was young girls are always taught to please men and not take ownership of their own pleasure so i just didn't say anything and never spoke up right so um but yeah i remember years later um way before like and thank god instagram took this feature off because it probably ruined a lot of relationships but back in the day if you guys remember there was a feature on instagram where you could see who liked what, like things people were liking, like what photos, what posts they were liking, who did they follow, who was following. That probably disrupted so many fucking relationships.
0: Oh. I guarantee you that destroyed 98% of the relationships that were going on during Instagram's, uh, what, up and up. Yeah. Um, but I would challenge you a little bit because I don't think that you were young and dumb. And I really dislike the fact that you call yourself dumb you were naive, you didn't know what you were getting into and going back to your previous statement where you were getting the attention and the interest and the stimulus that you weren't getting out of your current relationship in this other individual, you were just enamored by the situation because I remember, I remember you talking about this motherfucker and you dead ass looked me straight in the face, and we were just like, "I'm not into him.
1: I just like this." Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand at the time, and it, there was no emotion. I didn't give a fuck. It was just like someone was paying attention to me for the first time in a very long time.
0: Yeah, filling that void that we needed, or or that hole within ourselves that we didn't want to acknowledge prior to that situation. Um, And I think that that's where a lot of cheating stems from. It's not seeking that instant gratification physically. It's not even necessarily finding that emotional connection because there are plenty of people out there who want to operate underneath the guise of sex is just sex. And to be honest, I'm one of those people. I want to mask the dopamine receptors in my brain And I want to just feel something good for a few minutes and then send you on your way home so I don't have to fucking deal with you tomorrow because I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to deal with you on a day-to-day basis. Um, But I think cheating is such a personal situation because at the end of the day, you're not looking for something to complete you. You're looking for something to fix you.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, no, you're right. I remember um, a couple years later um, after that all went down um, and I ended up in my next serious relationship after that Um there was like people in between, but then my next relationship after that that I would actually say serious uh is when it was basically reversed and where I got cheated on. And I think what hurt the most at that experience was maybe not even necessarily the action of the cheating. It was the fact that I knew what headspace I was in when I cheated on my partner and it was an ugly fucking headspace and it was a feeling of such disconnect that I was like oh fuck wait this is what it feels like to be on the other end of this like it was very eye-opening um and then this situation was really unique because it wasn't the typical um catching your partner cheating um after like my Ex and I broke up. Uh, we went about like three, four months without talking. And then I came to Toronto to come visit you because I needed to get the fuck out of Halifax just for a vacation. And on my way home, um, I got a drunk message from him. And he said, if I want to come see you, I wanna I like I wanna talk about things, like and he was like, he was out doing the most. When we broke up, he was out doing the most. Fucking anything that walked, yo. Do you not remember how this
0: motherfucker used to go around with these young boys yeah. and parade around like peacocks? Yeah. I, he, yo, ladies and gentlemen, the most is an understatement. Like, genuinely. Yeah,
1: when I mean, she means young boys, she doesn't mean sleeping with young boys. She means like, He had hanging out with younger guys and making him, like, just to make himself feel better about his appearance of folk being this, like, big baller guy that was getting a ton of bitches after we broke up. He was going through some shit when we broke up. He was just, like, fucking basically anything that walked. It was so gross to watch.
0: But... It was, like, a
1: pre-midlife
0: crisis. Oh, yeah. It
1: was 100% a midlife crisis. But, yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, after that fucked up breakup, um, I... Was like okay, whatever. I was dumb again. Sorry, naive, naive. Thank Correction. You. Thank you. Um, and I went to go see him, and we hashed it out for the first time in four months, and slept together, and you know, touches my love language. So for me, obviously, it was not just sex. Um, and you guys
0: spent the weekend together, no?
1: We spent a couple days together and then he talked to me and he was like, look, like I need to take things slow, but I do want to try again and let's see where this goes. I'm not promising anything, but I definitely want to try again and I miss you. Five fucking days later after that, I went to the club. I was celebrating my birthday. I think it was like my 23rd birthday. Yeah. (laughs) yeah it was my 23rd birthday and I saw him in the club with a girl which to most people wouldn't seem like a big deal but he was the type of guy that refused to bring girls around his friends unless he was serious about them right like it took a long time for him to bring me around his friends until he knew like we were legit right so And I knew that part of him probably did not change. So for me to see him in the club with a girl meant to me that this was not their first time hanging out. Oh duh,
0: like 100% duh. I remember the phone call because I was in Toronto at the time. You called me, oh God, it would have been like one o'clock in the morning. And you were just like, mommy, this guy has somebody here. And oh God, my heart broke for you. because what he was doing was sending 101 mis- like mis- or mixed messages. That's what he was doing. He wasn't allowing you to move on. He wasn't giving you the opportunity to be informed about where he was emotionally, mentally, and physically. He wasn't giving you the power to make your own decisions. Because that relationship was very, very dominant on his part. He controlled what you wore, where you worked, what you did. Yes, you had your opinion and you made certain changes and and inputted your own personal aesthetic and style into it. However, at the end of the day, he was dictating everything. Um, and then losing all of that control and losing that sense of security and then seeing him with someone else was devastating. And I don't blame you for that. And you aren't allowed to blame yourself for feeling those things. And I don't think anybody out there would blame you for it.
1: Yeah, I know. It was a huge shock to my system because... Like to me, what that said to me was all the things he said to me was bullshit. Because, um, like I said, it was definitely quite evidently not the first time, hey, no, he doesn't do that. And I think to this day, you know, I think that's still true as much as he changed for the worse after we broke up. I think that that true quality in him about like his appearance is everything to him because he's a narcissist. So, so he's a huge narcissist. So, yeah, his physical appearance is like big, big, big. His reputation is big to him. So, yeah, like it was evident to me that they probably had already been on a few at least dinner dates or something before being introduced to his friend group at least. Which meant when I slept with him, which meant when I went back to him, when I made the decision to seek it out again, that I felt like I was being cheated on. When in reality, at that point, I was already the other woman. So that, yeah, it was it was so crushing. And it made me really reflect on the one and only time I've ever, ever, ever cheated on anyone. Um, and I was like, it, it put things in perspective to me of how little of the fuck that he gave. Because I remember how little of the fuck I gave when I did it.
0: This just makes me think of like all the situationships and, and relationships where I've been in and all the lost opportunity to communicate and really assert what it is that we need on a human level. Um, I feel like karma has come out of the woodwork to bite me in the ass, I'm not gonna lie with my most recent situation um, because, yeah, my ex and I broke up. Like my last boyfriend and I broke up because he thought that I could have cheated on him. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so fucking proud to say that there was never a goddamn motherfucking day that I even considered it. There wasn't a single fucking bone in my body that wanted to stray out of that relationship. I was so in love, so enamored, and I wanted to make it work more than almost any other relationship in my life. Um, And it's his motherfucking loss because he still is accusing me of cheating. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that your girl is pure in the sense, because I've done the deed. I've been there. I've crossed that boundary. I know what it is. However, I also know how to have a platonic and non-sexual friendship with somebody who happens to have the opposite sex dangling between their legs. Um, But it's ironic that I effectively get dumped because of their insecurities and assuming that I could potentially cheat on them. And the first person that I start to fall for directly afterwards, hits me with a curveball of, oh, oh yeah, I'm married 12 years, sharing a bed, sharing mortgages, all that other shit.
1: You cannot blame yourself for that, though. You can't. You literally can't. My question for you is, um, and I'm sure, I feel like I've asked you this before, but I have the memory of a goldfish, Um, was the most recent before Married Man, let's nickname him Married Man. Um, Eminem. Eminem, Mr. Eminem. Um, Was he projecting? Like, was there past history that you know of where he was cheated on? Cause I feel like that's when a lot of mis, like I feel like mistrust in the sense happens in one of two ways. It happens when you are doing something guilty yourself and you're internally projecting what the fuck you're going through onto your partner in a sub like conscious level. Or you've been through some shit that you're still getting over and your wall is up.
0: To be honest with you, I don't know marriage man enough. I don't know M M&M M enough. No, I- not M M&M. M. Oh.
1: The man before M M&M. M.
0: Call him the um fuck it. The Irishman. Between the Irishman and Eminem. No. Um I think the Irishman was projecting because I I truly do after analyzing and sitting and thinking and talking with my therapist, because again therapy is amazing
1: therapy is so good I'm so here cheers to therapy cheers to go to fucking therapy fix yourself
0: because nobody else is going to
1: facts um
0: no uh, after examining a lot of um the language and the aggression and the things that were yelled at me and I was accused of um when I genuinely wasn't doing anything. I, I do believe that he cheated on me in some form or fashion. And even the last time that I saw the Irishman, I again did the toxic shit where I opened up this motherfucker's phone and I found him messaging other people. And you know what? At that moment in time, he and I were not in a committed relationship. We had broken up, gotten back together, broken up, gotten back together, whatever. But I was still sleeping beside him every night. I was still waking up with him, planning meals with him. Like we were making plans together. So regardless of the title of girlfriend, he and I were still somewhat figuring it out. Um, And there is no fucking way on this God God like fucking green earth that I can believe that he could just whip this shit out of nowhere he must have had either an inkling or a desire or a a conversation somewhere somehow something that triggered some internal conflict within himself that projected onto me now with Eminem I I don't fully understand the relationship I to this day I don't even know if I want to Because there's a part of me that's a hopeless romantic. And I want that love. I want that connection. I want that support. And I don't feel that very often with other humans.
1: You say you don't feel that often with other humans. And that's actually true. And that's also why when Mr. Married drop that bomb I was so fucking shocked because I saw how like fucking like how much you liked him um remember how we were mentioning about the like the enjoy podcast earlier so they had a really interesting conversation about like sex without attachment and one of the things they did say was for those who our drug users, whether it be marijuana or whatever or alcohol on a daily daily basis are already overstimulating the dopamine receptors in their brain which are the same dopamine receptors that you get um of sexual experiences. Um, so therefore it can cause this numb effect and allow you to experience people that you normally would fall head over heels for, but it just, it takes you longer or you don't get attached, period, because you're unable to receive it in the full dose.
0: Well, going back into that conversation, they also talk about how um, it's essentially a 50-50 split, 50-50% of the time you're going to enter into a sexual experience with somebody and your partner in that situation is either that going... was
1: based off a survey, right? Yeah. They did a survey of yeah. how many people.
0: They they it, it was a weird number. I want to say it was like just under 50% of women and a little bit less 50, of men. Was like 49 yeah.
1: Like, I think
0: it was like 48 and like
1: 51. It was like re- almost it was almost 50-50. Yeah.
0: But essentially speaking, based off of their poll, um, 50% of the situationships that you enter into that are going to become physical, your partner is seeking a relationship. So understanding that and owning your own power and your own body and your own ability to hurt or hair or oh God, so many other adjectives that I just can't think of right now with another person, like it just is dependent on your ability to understand what it is that you need in your life and what's going to make your life better. Because y'all, I say this all the time, but nobody else is going to live this life but you. So why be in a situation where you are unhappy? Why make somebody else unhappy? Why put somebody else through trauma or make them think that you want something that you might not be able to give? Like, why? What is the point? It's not a game. Our lives are not games.
1: Well, it's because we've been conditioned to be monogamous. First of all, fuck
0: monogamy. (laughs) Fuck monogamy. Sincerely.
1: Animals have sex for
0: pleasure. Humans have sex for pleasure. At the end of the day, if you want to be committed to one person for the rest of your life, power fucking to you. I support you. I wish you all the fucking luck. But. I don't necessarily, me as a person, and please do not come at me with this, but like me as a human, I don't necessarily believe that one human is going to be able to sexually gratify us for the rest of our lives. I mean, unless we are 99 years old and on our goddamn deathbeds, I don't believe it.
1: I would like to hope that there's someone for me (laughs) for like the rest of my life. But it is a scary thought. at the same time, um, one thing I will also say is that we're also not conditioned yet fully to communicate the most like we as a this generation do not know how to have the uncomfortable conversations because our parents sure as hell didn't. Our parents, and I've talked about this, I think in season one or season two, our parents were the generation that made the statistic of 51% of marriages end up in divorce. Mm-hmm. Now it's a lot lower now.
0: It's 48 or 49%.
1: I think it's like 44 it's it's
0: still pretty fucking high, though. still pretty high.
1: But if our parents were never able to be the prime examples of love or what a healthy relationship looks like, we can't expect ourselves to know how to fucking do the basics, which is communication, which is to the point of, well, what are the steps you do before you cheat? Right? What are the steps that communicate
0: with the person that you're going to cheat on them with that you are going to cheat?
1: That would be step A. So it, it's like it's the very like it seems easy when we talk about it. It's definitely harder in practice. Um, but I feel like the more you do it, the more like on like even the small and I'm such a hypocrite. Fuck. But like, I think even on like the smallest disagreements or the smallest things you need to get off your chest, learn to express them early in the relationship. So when you do come across the bigger issues later on, you are able to express them and resolve them and find solutions. Even if you don't like what that solution is going to look like, um, and, um, I always say at the end of all of my sentence, like all of my podcast episodes, like, oh, you can have your cake and eat it too. This is the one situation where you should not have your cake and fucking eat it too, realistically.
0: Now, I would love to know, like listeners, those who have um, experience with scenarios like this, what would you do in my situation? What would you like to see happen? Because there is a possibility of me continuing on with this, I don't even wanna call it a situation, but this scenario, or I can simply walk away. Now, pluses and minuses are, for once, I'm feeling something. The minus is I will never be able to trust them. Not completely. Not wholly.
1: If you don't have trust, you don't have anything.
0: Other than good dick.
1: So it really depends on what you're looking to get out of this. But yeah. Um, Don't cheat. Please, <laughs> Just don't.
0: Please. It just gives us all complexes. Like it's just a, a why. Just communicate. It's so, so much easier. Just say you're unhappy. Fix it find toys, or don't fix
1: it or Or leave leave or leave find toys leave adventure masturbate oh my god please
0: (laughs) (laughs) anything other than mentally emotionally and physically damaging another human would be appreciated
1: it's a domino effect because then the other human carries the trauma that you gave them into their next relationship so thank you and then they might pass it on to somebody else and do you really want
0: to be the reason why somebody else is fucking crying
1: when you're cheating you're only thinking about yourself so these are big questions but i think i could never do what i did i could i don't think i could ever cheat again Karma really bit me in the ass and, like, fucking una-reversed me multiple times afterwards. Um, And it fucking sucks. It really fucking does. Because in your head, for a very long time, I thought that I just, like, was not good enough. When, realistically, the person cheating wasn't cheating because of me. They were just cheating. They they were doing something for themselves. So communicate before it gets to that and Everyone will be happy.
0: Communication is key, ladies and gentlemen. That's, out of everything we've talked about tonight, I think that that's the one message that we should all take into consideration. Um, If you want a healthy, happy relationship, communicate. If you want a healthy, happy home, communicate. Whatever you want, nobody else on this goddamn fucking planet is going to be able to communicate but you. And nobody else on this fucking planet is going to be able to live your life for you. So if any advice that I could ever possibly give on to anybody that anybody listens to, I genuinely hope it is this. Live your life for you because nobody else is going to do it for you. Live it authentically, live it honestly, and live it truly.
1: I'm pretty sure that was the same takeaway as our friendship episode.
0: Probably, probably is. At the end of the day, I am who I am. Honest, truthful. Me. Take it or leave it.
1: Take it. Um. Cheers to growth. Cheers
0: to friendship. Cheers to honesty. And cheers to always having our cake and eating it is too.
1: <laughs> Most importantly, just love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, nobody else is gonna love you. I'll love you don't have cake. For this week, eat pie. (laughs) Or
0: broccoli. (laughs) Says the vegan. (laughs)